This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Grant Collins will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Hello, everybody. Today, it is December 16th, um, and you know we're looking at the markets today pretty much flat with the big exception of tech. So we actually saw NASDAQ drop nearly 2.5%. This you know tech sector stumbled for sure. And we saw volatility go up a little bit as a result, um, sitting at 20.57. Right now, volatility went up a little over 6.5%. Ten-year treasuries are actually still down uh, 1.429 as uh, the yield. But yeah, that's 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 pretty much what we're looking at. Um, Grant, any anything we should be mentioning? Uh, big mover is a is Adobe. So we saw today they plummeted ten percent after the software company's revenue forecast for the first quarter fell really significantly short of what the analysts were expected. It, Adobe has been on the slide, I'd say, the last couple of quarters. So this is the third time. Uh, in December that Adobe shares have continued to drop. It's on pace for the stock's sharpest monthly decline since June of of 2010. So significant decrease there. Uh, One other thing that we did see is the first major bank, Bank of England, raised their uh, interest rates. So they announced a 15 basis point rise and its target to uh, 25 basis points. And Not that big of a significant increase. I think it's more symbolic as it will be the first major central bank to raise rates. Yeah, we should note from the last time we've talked, we have seen casualties uh, from Omicron. Um, But I mean, England was the first. They're seeing quite quite a uptick of cases, of course. Uh, They were doubling every some other every some, you know, few days, which was kind of defined as a phenomenal rate, of course, right? Um, you know, it, what what we know from studies uh, that were announced by the University of Oxford on Monday, they found that there are two doses of either, you know, Oxford's, their AstraZeneca or the Pfizer um, vaccines were, were less effective at warding off um, Omicron than they have been at other variants of the coronavirus. Um, but of course, as we've mentioned, it, it is much much less lethal, but those those vaccines are less effective. And we did see Pfizer CEO come out and say that the rapid spread of infection could lead to further mutations. Um, so as it spreads more quickly, that could increase the number of mutations. Most scientists are optimistic that a booster shot will, will help with the immunity there. We did see another study come out today um, from Hong Kong University that the Omicron replicates 70 times faster in human airways. Uh, pretty much what that means is it just spreads faster for all those science, non-science people out there, me included. Uh, but the only thing is, is the infection in the lungs appears less severe. So I guess that is the one good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad el Rain came out uh, the other day and more or less stated that in calling inflation transitory was one of the most historically bad moves the Federal Reserve has ever done. Quite the call out. Yeah. They, he said that they should apologize, which he was, of course, uh, skeptical that they would do. And then he also urged them to act uh, much more aggressively. 
they should be honest about their mistakes and take steps now. Um, so yeah, he, you know, definitely, definitely had quite a bit of things to say. And, and then, um, you know, he said that they should open it up to the possibility that rate hikes may come faster than what the market has kind of built in. And it's to be expected. I mean, he, he really came down on them pretty, uh, pretty hard. He really wanted the, the doubling down on the on the bonds, the tapering rate. So um, and then also rate hikes faster. And from the comments we heard from the Fed on Wednesday, it looks like <laughs> they listened to uh, to what Mohammed said, because now uh, the Fed is going to speed up winding down their bond buying program, changing the end date from March, uh, which was previously in, in June. And then also, it seems like um, the rate hikes, they, they really one big thing to know is they have to wind down that bond buying program before they can start hiking interest rates. Because uh, if they start hiking re- interest rates while they're still in that bond buying program, that can have big effects on the credit market. So just to clarify that. Uh, but we do see now with them speeding up that process, we could see our rate hike in April. Uh, and now what was Two hikes in 2022 looks like there's most more likely going to be three and then maybe another three or four in 2023. Um, So we'll be watching that closely throughout next year, uh, but rates will rise at some point. Right. I mean, after he made his comments, what we saw from that once a forecast was you had 12 federal open market um, committee members saying they expected at least three rate hikes, five expect two. Only one expects one hike now in 2022. Uh, far cry from what we were discussing a few weeks ago when we thought one would be um, the policy of the year. So touch back on that a little bit, like, you know, on our end of the year wrap, as this is the last podcast for the year. But that's obviously the big policy question coming into 2022 is is how many um, rate hikes the, the Fed goes through with. And we are seeing inflation will be the biggest trend, as you mentioned, Drew, going into 2022. We did see a study or a survey come out from Allianz Life where they're now seeing the biggest fear for folks in retirement is inflation. So 25% of Americans see rising inflation as the single greatest risk to their retirement plans. And this is pretty a significant shift because historically it has always been about outliving their money. Rising healthcare costs and job security, uh, and and that's a big shift, don't you think, Drew? I do, and I also don't know why healthcare costs are different from inflation because they're typically the most inflationary aspect <laughs> of, of retirement. Usually <laughs> linked, yeah. But yes, um, we we. But what's even surprising on that study is that that hasn't necessarily led to a lot of people uh, saying that. Financial planning is going to be a big part of their resolution in 2022, only 12 percent. So despite severe worries about CPI and, and, and cost of living increases, people don't seem like they're going to make that a proactive resolution or something they're really going to be tackling uh, on a personal level this year. I found that stat kind of wild as well because it, it actually came down. So it said 22 percent of survey respondents uh, said they would seek professional financial advice in the new year down from 27. So it actually decreased, even though the financial stability seems a little bit more volatile. I know we were coming out of the pandemic at the start of this year. Uh, it, it seems that if you're worried about inflation and, and you are in retirement, 
seeking some help would would be beneficial. Yeah, especially like if inflation stays at three percent, that means that the cost of living will double over twenty four years. Well, that's kind of a fair retirement horizon, you know, um, to look at. So if that's a lower number than right now. Um, obviously, we don't expect inflation to keep up like this. But if we were to assume three uh, percent, um, then I mean, then yeah, I mean, that's that's. It's really going to affect your your portfolio, especially with how low fixed income yields are right now and how high equities. If you are over leveraged in the equity space in your portfolio, you could have significant risk without the interest rates. And as interest rates rise, we could see those bond prices also. Yep. Yields are down. I mean, price per earnings multiples are very high. Schiller P.E. ratios are very high. Uh, you know, most ways to measure the market certainly still very frothy. And um, obviously you're coming down from uh, a huge bull market in bonds too. You know, if, if we see rates increase a little bit on the tenure. Let's shift gears here, Drew. Let's talk about the upcoming year as we did see Wall Street top economists come out with their predictions for 2022. <laughs> A lot of it comes down to what they think GDP growth is going to be and, and inflation. Most economists that, that we read, so I think Goldman, Bank of America, and Wells are, are two, th- two or three that we read through, uh, really see easing of inflation and, and gross domestic products slowing down a little bit. Um, really, the big shaker or, or variable that they see is, is, is the effects of Omicron, which is to be expected. Yeah, it's, I mean... What's forecasted is kind of what we want to see, right? We want to see inflation cooling down, which they see that doing it consistently throughout this coming year. Uh, the economy will also cool down as a result. Um, supply chains will be opened up. Um, I mean, right now, you know, U.S. Ec- economic activity increased at a 2.1% annualized pace when we're looking at July through September. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to kind of be looking at the two ranges throughout the quarters of next year as well. You know, what, one thing I will say in terms of stock markets, that's anyone's guess, obviously. Uh, but I should mention that investors added more than $43 billion into money market funds last week. So the total amount of cash raised in the past seven weeks is at $226 billion dollars. That's, that's some out of some Goldman research as well. Um, so what we've seen is the money market stockpile hasn't declined in 2021. And that's despite this massive rally. So uh, when we're looking at how much cash and how pe- much people are overweight in cash still, uh, despite this rally, uh, you know, we, we, we could see some um, people putting in some New Year positions for sure. I think it would be too expected. <laughs> We did see that tech took a big hit over the last couple of weeks, so we could see that rally coming into the new year, especially if we go back into a lockdown. We could see those pandemic-friendly stocks, your Zooms, your Peloton, also continue to rise. Uh, The the big thing that I'm looking at is the GDP forecast, and uh, across the two two or three reports that I read, we're looking at real GDP growth uh, just below 4%, which would be be considerably significant growth for us. Yeah, right. That's right. Yes, four, four in twenty twenty two, and then maybe slowing to three point three in twenty twenty three. You know, there, there's going to be a number of other things. I, I I think people should be focused on. Obviously, 
we are still in a very protectionist environment. Uh, so far, the President Biden really hasn't wanted to move from a lot of Trump's or President Trump's positions as it related to China. And you've seen an escalation in terms of whether or not there's going to be a diplomatic um, boycott of, of the, the Olympics. So that just indicates to me that I don't think a lot of the um, tariffs are going to thaw, even though it might be a good time to do that, at least in the interim, as supplies are you know completely bottlenecked. Well, you could have an extreme scenario where you have neutral companies having to pick a side between China supporting or, or the U.S. supporting, uh, which could have a big impact on globalization as we think about supply chains. This year being a huge aspect of the rise in inflation, that could be something to watch out in 2022. Yeah. And another big trend we should be looking at, of course, is uh, delisting of Chinese companies on exchanges, too. Looks like there was more that were added this past yeah. week as well. Uh, you know, another thing that we did talk about on last week's show was what the great resignation that we've seen this year. And really, could that lead to now what really clever name here people are calling the great raise? So mm-hmm. as people are looking for new jobs, job openings are open, that the shift from the power going from employers to employees, uh, being able to see if we could add more wage growth in 2022. We we have talked on previous shows that wage growth has been pretty flat over the last decade. And so this could be a major spike, which I think would be beneficial, especially if we think about combating inflation, households ha- having more earnings could help mitigate that risk. Well, right. I mean, wage growth has been not only this last decade, the wage growth has been pretty much flat. Um, past three decades, uh, you know, at, at one point, um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, and you're, you're seeing some of the record, record growth in it um, that that's happened most recently. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's obviously a good sign. Uh, you know, when you're looking over month over month, let's just take October from 2021. Uh, I mean, wages have increased 9.77%. That was, you know, year over year. So, so yeah, uh, the, the nice thing about wage growth, obviously, is they kind of become a prevailing wage, even if costs go down. So everyone has um, higher higher bargaining power, you know, better real wage, you know, in, in, in conjunction to what, what, what prices become when, when, when and if they settle out in, in the near term. All right, everybody, I think that's what we got uh, for this week. It's a short one. As I mentioned, this will be the last recording of the year. We'll be back in January. Uh, So everyone have a tremendous holidays and Merry Christmas and all the rest of it. And we'll be back in January with a new season, season six of the Weekly Bull and Bear. Our first podcast guests will once again be uh, Jonathan Gold um, from Credit Suisse. Uh, And he's always very, very insightful. So that's going to be a great year to to kick off the year for with him, uh, and that will happen in, in mid-January. So until then, um, thanks for listening, and we're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WellFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WellFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WellFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the contents. 
Wealthfest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.